Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for praying with me, especially. I mean, this is uh, one of the highlights, of course, of my afternoon and my day. I'm so, um, I'm so overjoyed to be able to, to, inter- just to intercede on your behalf. Hey, before we pray, can I, I, I don't know how many, um, how many of you are waiting for your Divine Mercy rosaries. It's a little one-decade rosary. I'm getting a lot of email recently, and, I, and I'll check with the network on this because I really have not done a follow-up. But somebody just said, Drew, hey, love the show. I listen to it daily. Hope you're well. Uh, made a pledge during the last pledge drive uh, for a one-decade rosary from Poland. Uh, you know, gave a dollar a day. Uh, went to the website. Um, says, I still have not received it. Um, and, you know, here's the deal. I've, I've gotten several of these just in this past week. Uh, they are going to be coming. Um, I know that Relevant had them. I saw them. I have one. You know, and again, when you get these, it's not some giant rosary. It's a small little one-decade rosary. It's a small little one-decade rosary. But they were laid on the tomb of Faustina. They have a third-class relic uh, in them. They come from Poland. They were made by the by, by the nuns there. And um, you know, maybe Diana or somebody, if, if they're listening to me right now, you can give me the info and I'll, I'll share it over the air. But I know they're on their way. You know, if you don't have it yet, they are coming. You're not overlooked. You could always send an email into the network, though, I'm sure, if, if you haven't got it and somebody can follow up with you. But um, I'll try to get you an update on whether or not they've, they've gone out or not. I have not followed up. It's just it's so weird this past week. I've seen several of the, these emails, so I thought, I'd, uh, I thought I'd address it. Thank you for your support. You're going to love these little one-decade rosaries. They're, they're tiny. I don't want you to think there's some giant thing, but they'll go in the pocketbook or your pocket or your car. Um, it's just great to keep in your hand and to, and to pray the chaplet with. So uh, love to... Love to, you know, I love to pray on mine. Uh, my rosaries always end up getting broken in my pocket, if depending on the ones that I have. Uh, my colleague Preston prays with me today. It's good to have him here with us. Preston, good afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Drew, for having me here. I appreciate it. Anything you want to pray for or lift up as we begin? Uh, I, this might be beating an old drum, but I've, I've known more people getting sick in the last two weeks. I know. Um, in three weeks than I did the entire pandemic. So just a lot of people, I think, are... Are struggling a lot of it's inconvenience not life-threatening but it's still i think a struggle for people and just to give them the strength to turn it over to god that's a beautiful prayer and i could not agree with you more i, I said the same thing i knew at christmas that we were going to see a huge spike i was convinced of it just because of how many people gathered and traveled we had record travel in the past two years over that time um, but also the communicability of covid of the omicron variant is 70 times 70 times more contagious than any of the others um, and we're seeing it. It's spreading like a wildfire right now around the country. So let's continue to pray for an end to this pandemic. We'll be persistent in our prayer. We'll pray for any future mutations, if they are, that they be you know, less threatening. And we'll pray for those whose lives really are in jeopardy now as a result of this, because it is a serious, serious situation. I want to pray for a friend of mine who emailed me. Bob, I'm praying for your brother-in-law, Matthew. Um, this, this man, Matthew, is three... Um, three children. He's undergoing triple bypass open heart surgery right now during this hour of power when we're praying. So he asks us as a family, as a spiritual family to, to remember his brother-in-law and I am uh, honored to, to go ahead and to, to do that. And I want to thank everyone who's written to me and to all the answered prayers that have come in. Let's pray right now for you, for whatever those intentions are. And I'll try to get a few extra intentions on the air today if I can. So we begin in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. 
O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll take our first call today. It comes from Agnes. She's praying in Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Agnes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. You certainly sound better today. I'm <laughs> glad you're being blessed with better health. I Thank need you. prayers for my wonderful friend, Maggie, who is a police officer here in Chicago. She's in charge of the senior citizens in our district and does a magnificent job. She's been hit with cancer and it has, was cleared up and now it's back. And while she's been chemo, she got hit with COVID on top of it. So she needs all the prayers that she can get. Well, she's lucky to have you as a friend. That's for sure. And I'm so delighted to be able to pray for her. Agnes, I want to pray for you too, okay? And for whatever your personal intentions are, all those that you have in your heart and that you petition God for. And we'll pray for you as a family. And we'll certainly pray for this wonderful police officer, Maggie. And Lord, I pray for those who battle cancer. And I pray for those who are in the fight with COVID right now. I want to pray for my producer, Maggie, who's battling that right now. And Lord, I just, I just give to you all those with comorbidities, those who uh, right now... Uh, just in need of a physical and total miracle when it comes to their health and their healing. So many ailments, so many crosses, so many problems. And Lord, I know you healed, you restored sight, you restored speech, you restored, Lord, life. And I just ask today in a special way that those graces flow to those souls who are crying out to you. We intercede on their behalf as we pray, Eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ and atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Pat is praying in Bonita, California. Hi, Pat. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. And as always, thank you so much for what you do. Um, I I would like to ask for prayer for a man by the name of Ario Duque in our city who um, was simply doing his job, um, picking up trash around a shopping center. And a man came out of nowhere and just attacked him. And this happened a couple of days before Christmas, and he's still in a coma from getting his head kicked in so badly. Oh, gosh. Um, it was horrible. Just a wonderful man. Um, and for the uh, healing of all illnesses from Gloria Hernandez and baby Thomas, and for um, the cleansing of addictions from my family and friends, especially my two boys, um, oh. I really really like prayer for that and appreciate oh, it. Pat. You got it. No, I'll, I'll pray. I remember your sons too tonight. You want know, to spend time with the Lord in prayer too. And Thank I just want to pray so for you much. because as a mother, I just can't imagine how difficult that is. My wife and I, and I say to her all the time, cause I know what addiction's like. I mean, I, family members, you know, I had a father that dealt with alcohol. I had a cousin who dealt with heroin addiction. I know what it's like. Uh, and my heart goes out to anyone who's got to carry that. But as a parent, I'm just so grateful that I don't have to carry the cross that you're carrying it's, it's a tough one and gosh prayer seems so futile sometimes it seems like the addiction is so strong but uh you know what god can break it and i want to pray for that i want to pray for you know your sons to be a real witness to god's great mercy and that's why i believe so much in this prayer i've seen this overcome a heroin addiction uh, this this particular chaplet and the lord said look the chaplet is a tool for conversion it's an instrument of grace and he told faustina pray it unceasingly Pray it for conversion. Pray it for healing, right? Because he says, it pleases me to grant everything souls ask me. It pleases me to give them everything they want by, by praying this chaplet. And through this prayer, you'll obtain what you ask for if it is compatible with my will. That's diary entry 1731. If it is compatible with my will. I believe that God wants our children free from addiction. I believe he wants sacramental marriages to stay together. I believe he wants those away from the faith to return to his loving embrace. And I think that's the power and the beauty of this prayer, the promise that the Lord gave. So let's pray for it right now. Lord, I, I ask you again for miracles. I ask for your mercy. And I intercede for all those now crying out to you, especially those with addicted loved ones, those who are homeless, those who, whose lives are being robbed by this. I, I pray for those broken marriages. I pray for those away from the faith. Lord, I pray for all those impossible situations. And we pray, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Our next call comes from B. She's listening in 
Illinois. Hi, B. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. Feeling great today. Good. Thank good. You. Glad you're better. Uh, I I need prayers. Uh, my son Mike stopped in and told me about a dear friend of his. His name is Mike Hansen, and uh, he's had COVID and he's been in the hospital for over a month. They wow. moved him to another hospital, and it just does not look well at all. He's, he's a beautiful man with a beautiful family, and uh, I think if anybody or anyone can help, it's his chaplet. So that, that is my intent and prayers for, well, for this thank dear you. man. And it's, it's so sweet. Let's pray for him. Let's pray for you too, B, okay? I'm going to lift up all of your needs and all of your intentions. I mean, we all have them. We all have crosses. You know, we all have concerns. We all worry. You know, it's... Our, our duty right now is just to trust, you know, and the Lord said, encourage souls who you come into contact with just to trust in my infinite mercy. You know, I, I love souls that have confidence in me. So what I do, I, I have complete confidence in you. I trust you. And I intercede on behalf of me and all of her needs for her son's friend who's in the hospital, for those on hold, for those who've written to me, for those listening, wherever they are right now, united to me, whether here in the country or abroad. When we come together as your children, we invoke your great mercy as we pray eternal father we offer you the body blood soul and divinity of your dearly beloved son our lord jesus christ and atonement for our sins and those of the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, the next call comes. Well, before I go to the next call, let me uh, invite Patrick in. There's a lot of ways you can send your prayer petitions in. You can send them to Relevant Radio. and They're prayed for. They're brought before the Blessed Sacrament. You can email me, Drew at Relevant Radio. And, and please do that also with, with the answered prayers. Definitely send me your answered prayers. I love reading them. And I love sharing them. And they help build my own faith. You can also go to Twitter, at Drew Mariani Show. Just do a quick search for it, at Drew Mariani Show, for our Twitter account. And follow us there. And post your petitions, and Maggie or Patrick will share them with uh, with all of us on the air every day. And Patrick, what can we pray for today? Yeah, we have several intentions here. Here are some of them, Drew. Uh, Jeanette is praying for Katie. She is a mom of four boys in the hospital with kidney failure. Uh, Mercedes is praying for her family's health. John is praying for wisdom and also for an upcoming project of his. Rose is praying for her son who is struggling with sexual sins. And Mark is praying for a friend who is in the last few days of her hospice journey. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick. All very important intentions, especially those who are now approaching death. And this is a prayer for the sick and the dying. And uh, Lord, I just pray for the hour of my own death, the hour of those who pray with me, and for those right now that you're about to call home to eternal life. And we just ask for your mercy. Mary is praying with us in New Hope, Minnesota. We'll bring her into the conversation, to the prayer as well. Mary, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. I love how you pray this chaplet. It's just so beautiful. I'm praying for my daughter, Bridget, who 
who is in her 30s, and she, a couple of years ago she was found to have stage 4 colon cancer that metastasized to her liver. And today, even as we speak, she is having her third operation on her liver because it came back and it was three centimeters big. And I just pray that she's cured from this cancer. Well, my heart goes out to you, Mary. I'm so sorry. As a mother, to see your child go through this, it's got to be heartbreaking. Let's pray. I'm glad you got through today, and we'll pray in particular for your daughter. And, you know, take comfort in the fact that, you know, there's so many souls right now united together, imploring God's great and unfathomable mercy. He told St. Faustina, no mind, be it human or angelic, will ever be able to fathom the depths of my mercy. Never. It's his greatest attribute. And I know these prayers move his heart. And Lord, I just intercede for Mary. I ask for parents of parents who have loved ones and children suffering from cancer, from debilitating diseases. I know how devastating that can be. Uh, they, they would take the cancer themselves. And I, and I just ask for your healing touch. Lord, cancer is not bigger than you. It's not greater than you. And I just ask today that there be miracles, that tumors shrink, that surgeries are successful, that chemo and radiation be effective, that immunotherapy and all the treatments that we have now take hold. But Lord, I also ask for divine mercy miracles for the vanquishing, the disappearance, the complete healing of, uh, of these cancerous cells. And we pray, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, Gerald is praying in Los Angeles, California. Hi, Gerald. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Gerald. Hey. Good to have you, Hello. Gerald. How can we pray for you? Yes, sir. There's for a, uh, the repose of a soul of a born-again Christian. I was called this morning. He passed away early this morning, and that I was called that uh, if I could pray for him. And I said, yes, I knew this special prayer. That's great. And uh, and that's why I called it for the repose of his soul. His name is Daniel Romero. Mm-hmm. He was a born-again Christian. He fell away Catholic for a lot of them, but I, I said, mm-hmm. you can count on this prayer. It will assist him when he faces the Lord. And for their, uh, for their conversion, all their conversions. Sir, that's about it, sir. Thank you. You got it. Hey, thank you, Gerald. And let's pray for you. I know you didn't ask for anything, but um, what a beautiful prayer. And again, this this prayer that you and I are praying right now, the chaplain, uh, it is a prayer for the dying, you know, and it's a prayer for, <laughs> for the sick. It's a prayer that moves the heart of God. At the hour of death, the Lord will defend. He promises as his own glory every soul who will pray the chaplet or for others 
you know, when it's said for the dying person. That same pardon is the same. So, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for that. I pray again for the hour of my own death, and it'd be a holy one, and I can be ready to meet you. And I also uh, just pray for this soul, those who've gone before us. I pray for those who do not know the beauty and the fullness of our Catholic faith, those who've left it, uh, that you give them the grace, the opportunity to to see the truth and the beauty of the church that you established. And I, I pray for unity amongst faiths. And I pray in particular for, for Gerald, for his intentions, and for all those now united with me. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin next. Joanne's praying with us there. Hi, Joanne. Good afternoon. Yes, hi there. I'd like to have everyone pray for my entire family. They have all have COVID. And that's okay. both of my sons and his wife and, and his uh, girlfriend and um, my oldest son. And the only one that doesn't have it is a little three-year-old. And I ask you to have, and my youngest son who needs to work, and he can't work, he has COVID. Right. Um, his name is Joseph. If you would pray that he could get over the cough. Sure. And he, it's very difficult. They just got a home, and it's really, really hard. So all right. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for him, Joanne, for sure, and for all those intentions. Um Gosh, there's so many online here. I want to take so many of them, but let's conclude our prayer. Let me just, let me tell you, I was going to take a few more intentions, but Lord, I, you know the hearts, the needs, the wants, the desires of everyone on hold. And I give to you Vivian and Rosie and Mary and Peg and Michael and Veronica and Joanne and Charlotte and Rita and Jeff and Lucy. And I give you everyone who's written to me and I give to you, gosh, I give to you everyone united to me in prayer. I pray today in particular for those who are struggling to make ends meet, for those who are homeless and unemployed, for those who are underemployed, those who are struggling financially, Lord, I give you those who are suffering from physical handicaps, for those contemplating abortion or self-harm or suicide, for those who are in impure and illicit relationships, for those struggling with pornography, Lord, for those troubled marriages, for those cheating spouses. And I pray for those who do not believe in you. I give you those who have gone before us as well, all the souls in purgatory. And I bring to you my family here now, the spiritual family of mine, we just ask for your mercy as we conclude. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, 
Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva, pray for us. Saint Patrick, pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko, Pray for us. All you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, gosh. I wish I could take everybody's call. I really do. Feel free to write. Feel free to join me every day. I mean, God knows our needs. He knows our hearts and intentions. He's got a plan for you. You might be going through a difficult time right now, but don't give up hope. All right? Don't give in to anxiety. Don't let fear dominate. It won't add a day. You know, don't worry. Instead, do what the saints have done and say, Lord, I trust in you. And really step out of that boat, walk on that water, know that Christ is there. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you sink. Keep your eyes on him. And then let me know how God works because I'm expecting great things to come your way. I am. I think there's a brighter future coming your way. And you will be a testimony, a testament to the power of God's mercy. I'm going to take a short pause. We'll be back. We've got so much to still talk about. Look forward to hanging out with you. So stay with me. The hope lives here. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio and relevantradio.com. Well, it's great to be here with you today. Let's talk about now uh, Russia and China and that alliance. You know, when I get done praying the chaplet, I, I often pray for world peace, and it's something I hope you will too. You know, I believe in the in the power of prayer personally. You know, you do. And when I watch what's happening unfold around the world, it's easy to I don't know get concerned, to get a little bit anxious, to to think, oh my gosh, look at these movements, look what's happening today. I don't know whether you were tuned in to the very beginning of my broadcast. I started the show. I had a conversation with a uh, an expert on on North Korea and, and Asia, a guy named Bruce Klingner from the Heritage Foundation, about what North Korea is up to. They they you know file, fired a missile. They claim it could travel ten times the speed of sound at Mach ten, you know, something like that. If it's maneuverable, it'd be very hard to defend against, right? And you probably heard the story of the uh, the shutdown of, of, of all air travel for about 10 minutes starting on the West Coast. And that was a response by the FAA to this this missile that you know Kim Jong-un fired. Uh, of, of course, you know, you can't talk North Korea without talking about their neighbor, right? China. The two are interconnected. And we may also end up talking about Russia along with China. They're connected, right? Right now, of course, uh, the world is watching as Russia is amassing troops. They're building up troops and material uh, on the border of Ukraine. 
And the expectation is that Russia is going to invade and take over that country. Vladimir Putin claims that this is going to, you know, this will set right a historical wrong because Ukraine, he says, was once part of Mother Russia. And that's his goal. And he has his aspiration, again, to get all those satellite countries in the western, you know, part of, of his nation reunited. You know, there's no question that, that Vladimir Putin sees the fall of the Soviet Union as one of the greatest tragedies of the 20th century. But uh, what Putin is really upset about right now, and this is why we're seeing these movements, he's upset about the possibility of Ukraine joining NATO. And he just doesn't want it. He wants assurances from the West. This will not happen. That will never be allowed. And, of course, that's a deal breaker for us. I mean, that's not the case. Uh He's got, what, 100,000 troops massed on Ukraine's border? The war that's already going on now in the eastern part of the country of, you know, with, with Russia back separatists, you know, joining NATO would be a major provocation of Putin. Major. So, again, I'll, I'll bring it back to what I said before. Let, uh, pray for peace with Russia. You know, and uh, we just prayed the chapel tonight at 7. You know, you can, 7th century, you can join Father Rocky and pray the rosary for world peace. I think it's a great thing to do. Meanwhile... China, let's talk about that. They've been making all kinds of inroads, right? All kinds of threats about taking over Taiwan. We'll see what happens after the Olympics, right? Uh, it would not surprise me at all if we see movement both from Russia and from, from China, you know, if they do this simultaneously. Um, China sees Taiwan as, uh, oh, they consider it a, to be a runaway province. And there have been numerous aerial shows of force. Uh, you know, we've talked about these. There's been a buildup of uh, man-made islands in the South China Sea that gives them greater access to support their naval forces. But here's the really disturbing thought. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out to you. And again, I don't want anyone to fear, but I think it, I think it warrants some discussion. And I think one of the greatest mistakes that we've made here in in the West is not getting a strategic alliance. With Russia, after the, the collapse of the Iron Curtain, Hillary Clinton went over there with a reset button. Remember that? That was kind of a failed attempt. But, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a real problem. Because what happens? What happens if Russia and China, what if they team up, right? The two, of course, share a very long border. And China has a lot more population than Russia does. While Russia, of course, is very land rich, so... Uh, there's also the fact that Russia has, you know, is influenced by the Orthodox faith and, and China now is officially atheist, but, you know, it was influenced by Confucianism for a while. Yet, yet there's this intense speculation right now that Russia and China could enter into a strategic military alliance and that, gosh, uh, that'd be something I personally would not want to see. That would give me tremendous pause. That's something that could be seriously damaging uh, to the U.S. So let's talk about it. I mean, what are we going to see geopolitically? What are we going to see internationally? And how is the landscape going to change? I mean, the U.S. was the sole U.S. superpower. China has ambitions. Russia's flexing its muscles. We live in a very uh, troubling times. And I just I invited today Dr. Peter Pry back to the program. You've probably heard him before if you listen to the program. If you're new, he's the executive director of the Task Force on National and Homeland Security. And he served on the Congressional EMP Commission as Chief of Staff and the Congressional Strategic Posture Commission and the House Armed Services Committee and the CIA. And he's written a lot of books. If you really want a good read, we talked a little bit uh, yesterday about, you know, the diminishment of literacy, how people are reading less books. 
You want to read something? A friend of mine, a, deaf, a surgeon, called me after the show, and he says, you know, Fat Chance is a great book. If you're looking for weight loss, get that book. Uh, it's written by a guy named Dr. Mostig, I think. I might be butchering his name. but The book is called Fat Chance. It'll really help you. I would recommend a book called The Power and the Light, the Congressional EMP Commission's War to Save uh, America. Uh, Dr. Pry also authored Blackout Wars uh, and Electric Armageddon and you know the EMP Manhattan Project. And, and his books are online. You can find them. But you can also learn more at EMPTaskForce.us. But those are eye-opening. Um, and they can really paint a picture for you as to you know what might be uh, looming in the not-too-distant future. I, I hope what he reports on never becomes a reality. But he joins us today just for some perspective. Doctor, welcome back. Good to talk with you again. Well, thank you so much for having me. So Russia and China. You know, I, I sometimes... Uh, Let's talk about the possibility of an alliance between those two nations. What's the advantage for a China-Russia alliance? And what are your thoughts on the U.S. dropping the ball on, on that front? You know, if we would have somehow aligned with Russia, and I don't know whether that would ever even be possible, but give, give me your take on, on, there's a lot to get into here. What we're now seeing in Ukraine, what we're seeing in Taiwan, the possible alliance of Russia and China, and, and, and maybe our own shortcomings. Well, the... Uh... Uh, Russia and China alliance isn't just a possibility, it's a reality. And it's been a reality probably for more than a decade. And it's just that Washington, you know, which lives in its own bubble, uh, hasn't wanted to face up to that reality. But now, suddenly, now that we're in this crisis with Ukraine that could turn into a world war, uh, even the dim bulbs in Washington have said, gee, you know, Russia is threatening to invade Ukraine. China is threatening to take over Taiwan and the South China Sea. These guys have been saying that they're strategic partners. They've been acting like strategic partners. They have, they do have a treaty, you know, for strategic cooperation. They've even got that. And uh, maybe they really are strategic partners. And uh, if Russia were to take attack Ukraine, I mean, strategically, one of the benefits they would get in terms of the immediate crisis here is. Um, Russia could invade Ukraine. Uh, China could uh, seize Taiwan and the South China Sea, confronting us with a two-front war, a two-theater war, uh, which we couldn't possibly win. Uh, the uh, we even know we can't even ha we can't even defend Ukraine and the frontline NATO states. All right, uh, just against Russia alone. We can't win a one-theater war against Russia in that part of the world because it's right in their backyard. You know, we would have to be projecting power across the Atlantic Ocean into the teeth of Russia's military superiority in order to try to... It would be a charge of the Light Brigade. And the same thing is true of Taiwan. Taiwan is an island that's just, you know, a, you know, 100 miles off the coast of China uh, in their backyard. And we would be doing a charge of the Light Brigade across the Pacific Ocean to try to prevail. Our own war games, we've had 30 war games showing us losing against China every time in a Taiwan scenario. Rand Corporation, the Department of Defense, their war games show that Russia, you know, not, without even using nuclear forces, just using its conventional forces, can roll over Ukraine and occupy the capitals of the frontline East European NATO states in 72 hours, that's three days. So this is a real 
uh, threat. Uh, you know, we can't even win in a one when a, a one on one contest against mm-hmm. Russia in that part of the world. We can't win a one on one contest against China in that part of in in, in the uh, in the Taiwan scenario. So you're talking about us trying to take on China and Russia both, okay, in a two-tier scenario, impossible for us to prevail, you know, which is why in my article, you know, I'm, I'm arguing that we dropped the ball, as you, as you noted, you know, that the best uh, policy for us in this crisis is not to, to provoke Russia, to push Russia into a war that we're going to lose, Right. Uh, a, a war with China that we're going to lose, uh, but uh, to negotiate peace with Russia, uh, you know, the, the, the Sino-Russian axis, as I call it, is the most powerful configuration that has ever confronted our nation. Probably, probably the most powerful conf- configuration uh, that has ever existed in history. You described the population of China, its vast economic power. It's on the process of, be, of, of building. We talked, I think, on your show earlier about the fact that China seems to be crash, uh, got a crash program to deploy uh, almost 400 new ICBMs in the, de- in the 400 new ICBMs in the silos. We can see them building the de- in the desert for the DF-41 ICBM, this advanced ICBM that they've got. Uh, in a few years, they will eclipse us as a nuclear power. Um, R- Russia eclipses everybody, including China, as a nuclear power. So the, uh, China brings population, economic power, um, a significant nuclear arsenal, uh, uh, modernized conventional forces that rival our own now, and it did that with Russia's help. You know, the R- Chinese military power is built on both Russian technology and on stolen U.S. technology, uh, so China is a is the more in the long run. China is the more formidable of the two powers. In the short run, Russia is the more formidable and more dangerous of the two powers, because you know Russia has got the most uh, powerful nuclear forces in the world. It's prepared to use them offensively because they believe, contrary to what you know, the Biden administration has been saying and contrary to what Putin and Biden have said about a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. The Russians don't believe that. And it's literally not even true. Everybody seems to forget that World War II was a nuclear war and uh, we won it decisively. Uh, you know, so especially if you're fighting against non-nuclear weapon states, of course you can win a nuclear war. And most of the countries in the world don't have nuclear weapons, including in Europe and Asia. Yeah. So, uh, that's something to keep in mind, you know, about this. So Russia brings this vast nuclear firepower to bear. It's got a, a very aggressive uh, foreign policy that that helps the Chinese because, you know, the uh, having aggressive nuclear superpower on your side, you know, uh, is is one way of intimidating the, intimidating uh, the West, especially now that we know that the the two sides are allied. And Russia has got uh, conventional forces. It's got the Red Army is more powerful than China's mm-hmm. army. Uh, you know, they have 20,000 tanks, main battle tanks, for example. You know, uh, uh, that's, that's vastly more. I think China's got something like 5,000. Um, 
uh, they've got a huge air force. Uh, so the, uh, they can overwhelm Western Europe just with conventional forces. Uh, they've got a million men under arms. The, um, and all of these assets, you know, so Russia has got really basically the most powerful military war machine in the world, and it is more powerful than ours. Uh, and the uh, yeah. China has probably got the second most powerful military war machine in the world. Uh, and so putting them two, two together is the most formidable combination we've ever, ever faced far more dangerous to so, us than the old access from World War II because so, Doctor, do you, do you think the US do you think US and, and NATO could adequately respond to that alliance, that China Russia alliance? I mean granted, yeah, Russia no. and China they've got military, they've got nuclear weaponry, but we also have the rest of the world that will unite with us. They've also got biological and chemical weapons that they've built and illegally. Capabilities. And, and we've right, and we've and we have obeyed all the treaties. So, and uh, our nuclear deterrent is, as we've talked about on your show, is 30 years behind the Russian and Chinese nuclear weapons because we, wow. we haven't modernized. Our, all our nuclear weapons are from the Reagan era. Uh, you know, they're 30 years old. They haven't been tested. Uh, Russia and China, their nuclear weapons are, are pretty much brand new. Uh, our conventional military, despite President Trump's four years in office, which is a brief time to try to build, rebuild our conventional forces. You know, President Trump was going in the right direction. He was getting big defense budgets passed in order to try to rebuild our conventional forces. But, right. you know, those forces have been depleted from decades of fighting right. in the Middle East, war on terrorism, and they're not trained or prepared for fighting a large world war, against a World War II type war. Hey, Dr. Pry, hold, Dr. Pry, hold the thought one second, okay? I have to take a short pause. When we come, we'll pick it back up. If you want to join the conversation, our toll-free number for you, 888 Feel free to pull up a chair and get in. Our conversation continues right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. It's the Drew Mariani Show. Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thanks for joining me. Good to be here with you. Trying to give you a look at life. Call you to prayer. Call you to be aware of what is now unfolding. Not just within our borders, but around the world. And uh, taking a look at uh, Russia now. Massing forces on the border of Ukraine. We've got China. Uh, we've got a very changing uh, military and geopolitical landscape. And I've invited to the conversation today Dr. Peter Pry. Uh, he is an expert on everything from electromagnetic pulses. We've talked about EMP and the type of warfare that we may see to uh, to uh, these both cyber and, and nuclear exchanges. And Dr. Pry, it's good to have you back with us. Uh, I just want to pick up. Uh, on a point or two here, and we only have a few moments here. Um, if we only have a, a, a short time, I wonder if yeah. I could talk about the potential good news here. Yeah, please, uh, let's do Because I've talked all about the bad news. Yeah, but exactly. The point is, is I, the point is that Russia hasn't invaded Ukraine yet, and that gives me hope that they're not going to do it. 
because if they were going to invade Ukraine, I think they would have done it the way they did with Crimea under the Obama administration. They just struck with surprise. We had no early warning. They just took it over. Russia could do that with Ukraine if it wants, but it has proposed to us a peace treaty, uh, which is now under negotiation. That's what's happening this week and is probably going to drag on over, over the weeks. Conditions that would make them refrain from invading Ukraine. Now, the Biden administration and most people in Washington consider the terms of the proposed peace treaty to be unacceptable, promising not to further expand NATO. Ukraine would never come into NATO. Uh, We would not, uh, we would withdraw troops from, you know, from the uh, former Warsaw Pact and Soviet countries that are now in NATO. And this is considered basically a surrender document by most of the people in Washington. Uh, I don't see it that way. I I see it as an opportunity to achieve peace. I think a lot of the terms are reasonable. We probably don't have time to go down every, every, every one. But I think negotiation and having to make these concessions and to recognize that Russia has legitimate national security interests too is smarter than getting into a war with Russia and chi- probably China too that we are going to inevitably lose. Uh, you know, I think this is an opportunity to split the Sino-Chinese alliance by giving some concessions to Russia that are reasonable concessions in terms of the uh, uh, securing them against further NATO enlargement, for example, and having big exercises that are threatening on their borders. Um, the uh, the, if we can do that, if we could split the the uh, Sino-Russian alliance, get Russia to at least be neutral, if not a strategic partner, which was our original goal. At the end of the Cold War, we wanted to bring Russia into the Western community of nations and make it a strategic partner with us. We sh- that should be our foreign policy aim right now. So what and happened there? Let me, let, worth- give me a little, doctor, give me a little history there. How, how, why did that fail? It just makes sense on every every level. I was an eyewitness to its failure because in those days I was uh, on the House Armed Services Committee staff and one of my portfolios was NATO enlargement. And they sent me to practically all of the countries that wanted to come into NATO. And I advised the chairman, I was one of the only ones that did to say, look, mm-hmm. I sympathize with these people too. They've been victims of communism. They're scared of Russia coming back. But it's unethical for us to promise that we're going to go to nuclear war or get involved in a world conventional world war for countries that we can't protect because they're too far away and we don't have the forces to do it. And we wouldn't be able to win if we engaged in that. That's not ethical to promise that you're going to protect them. And uh, also the, uh, the, uh, but the thinking at the time, there was sort of a triumphalist attitude among both political parties in Washington in the aftermath of the Cold War. Remember, everybody thought it was the end of history. They thought Russia was basically a basket case and defeated and it would never come back. And so it would be safe for us to go and expand into Eastern Europe and take over the Warsaw Pact countries and even from some of the Soviet, former Soviet territories that we could do that without risking a new Cold War because Russia was never going to come back. And my argument as an Others of my colleagues, we were all in a minority, said Russia is going to come back sometime, and it will actually make them a more dangerous nuclear power. 
if they don't have the economic wherewithal to build up large conventional forces, they will rely more heavily on advanced nuclear forces. And now today we face advanced nuclear forces more advanced than ours and large conventional forces that would be over, over, able to overwhelm our forces in a conflict in that part of the world. So the worst case has happened. And um, uh, part of it, I blame the Clinton administration most because we had that golden opportunity when President Boris Yeltsin was there and he was basically leading the democratic reformers. They really wanted to come into the West. They wanted to make Russia a real working democracy. And the uh, Clinton administration basically didn't drop the ball on that. Mm -hmm. They didn't do enough. The money, we would have been better off passing out $100 bills on the streets of Moscow to average Russians to show that we were trying to help. Instead, we sent billions of dollars to what are called the nomenklatura. These are the uh, Soviet apparatchiks who are still in power, running various departments and agencies under Yeltsin. And all of that money went to Swiss bank accounts for these corrupt Russian mafia types, okay? The Russian people never saw us trying to make an effort to really help them. And the uh, tragic consequence of that is that they ended up thinking that free enterprise and free political systems were so corrupt that they were even worse off than they were under communism. And this is because we basically were empowering the Russian mafia you know, to uh, put these people under the, an iron heel. And it paved the way for Vladimir Putin, dictator Putin coming in yeah. and turned off the mainstream, most Russian people on the idea of democracy. Because the way the Clinton administration bungled that it made it seem like what the communists were saying about democracy was all true, yeah. you know, that it was uh, empowering criminal elements and all, uh, all the rest. So they really, yeah. <laughs> Strobe Talbot probably deserves yeah. direct blame for that. The guy was a socialist, very sympathetic to communism, and they had a lot of people like that in the Clinton administration who were not uh, big fans of the American way. They would like well, to have turned America into a socialist or communist type system, some of these people. And so they had uh, affinity with the uh, communist nomenclatura, and that's who they dealt with. That's why yeah. the Clinton administration blew it. But then the George W. Bush, I mean, it's a bipartisan oh. failure. <laughs> when Bush came in, that's when most of the NATO enlargement happened. And that's yeah. that we were warning against, you know, between... Yeah. Uh, the beginning of his administration until 2004, you know, we moved uh, uh, eastward, uh, yeah. uh, NATO into the Warsaw Pact countries, into former Soviet territories, well, like the Baltic states. Doctor, and, let, uh, me let, let me hold it on that, that point. I'll have to have you back, and we're going to continue to see what's happening, you know, in terms of what's going on right now in Normandy over Ukraine's fight with you know, Russian-backed separatists and how this all plays out. I'd love to have you back again, but I'm out of time. Grateful for your time and uh, look forward to our next conversation.